ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of the podcast. Port. Oh, f- I swear to fucking <laughs> God. There's the outtake. That was easy. Got that done. Got that nailed quick. <laughs> I am like. <laughs> Unstoppable. Dan Hayes said last week, yo, do you wanna do you wanna do it next week, Dan? I thought that is optimistic of you. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of the Port Chat podcast, the current most successful Southport Football Club podcast. My name is Dan Bond. We have a full house of us this evening joining us, presenting this podcast. We've got a bumper episode ahead of us. We've got Mike Grimmer, Dan Hayes, Noel Warren, Nicola Cave and Nicholas Better Half Jay are where I am going to get punched for saying that almost definitely. We're going to be reviewing the last two games, including our 1-0 away win at Spennymore and our head-scratching 4-1 loss at home to Buxton. As well, we'll preview our home game against Chorley on Saturday. So, first of all, how are we all? How are we all doing? How was our week? And have we recovered from Saturday yet? Uh, no comment. No, no fine. comment. <laughs> <laughs> I fear if I if I speak, I will be in trouble. I had a very stressful Saturday because it took me about five hours, three trains, and a taxi from Huddersfield to Manchester to get back from the rugby league in Sheffield. So that's what happens when you go stupid sports. Karma. Stupid, stupid. World Cup football. I've sports. had the tickets for two years. Stop moaning. Who did you go and see? I went to watch England play against Greece at uh, Bramall Lane, and um, we uh, it was um, very one sided. It was ninety four four. We all booed when she disallowed a try in the last minute. Uh, with the moon ready 100. Can, can, I, just stop, can yeah. I just stop him there? I'm oh, sorry, have I, have I just like fallen into a coma and I'm listening to Rugby League? Yes! Yes. yes, you have. Incredible. That's better weekends, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, also, happy Halloween to anyone who celebrates that sort of stuff, even though this episode goes out on Tuesday. It's so November it's now, mate. It's Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Even though we're recording us on Halloween, I'm going to get... If you hear my doorbell, that's because there's some children at the door. I need to tell them. To, I need to, to get them out. To. <laughs> that was a, all that, Saints Day. All Saints Day. All Saints Day. That's the one. Yeah. The more respectful title of, the, of this podcast. Okay. Well, first of all, we've got a lot to talk about this week. So first of all, let's d- dive straight in, and we'll talk about our one-nil away win at Spennymore on Tuesday night, and what a win it was. Jack Bainbridge scoring the, the single goal that won us the game. Mike, you were there. How was it? Yep, um, I went to Spennymore, so you didn't have to. Yeah, it was, it was a, well, it was a, I'm, I'm being truthful, aren't I? I think that's a many people. It is a great ground, and I said, yeah, we'll kick off, but that is a great ground. Um, I'm pretty sure they had some form of happy hour on, because it was only about six quid for two pints as well, and they did a, uh, did a pie meal deal as well, so everyone was happy. Uh, 35 Southport went home, extremely happy at the end of that, which, to be fair, fair play to anyone who travelled, because it is a fair old distance on a Tuesday night, but yeah, it was a, a really good performance. A couple of changes from Kizzy uh, the Saturday before, which feels like a long, long time ago now. Uh, Chris Doyle, Munro, Carberry all came in. Uh, Hamami was on the bench, uh, made second half cameo as well, uh, very lively when he came on. <clears throat> Had a couple of uh, half decent chances, and then Archie was rested, he didn't travel. Uh, don't delay it. I don't think it's controversial at all, that one, in my opinion. 
why if he wasn't going to play, would you take anyone? He still lives in Birmingham, doesn't he? So it's, it's a long way to travel if you're not going to play. Well, some 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 others are of living Birmingham, and I didn't go to play either. But... <laughs> you were still there. You were still there. <laughs> I was still there. Unfortunately, I don't think he was quite allowed to have six pints before the game. And, uh, <laughs> I don't think that would have gone down very well. So, yeah, if you were doing that one sober, then then fair enough. Um, but yeah, onto the actual onto the actual game itself. Um, Spenny Moore started really quite brightly. To be fair, obviously we're we're away from home on a Tuesday night. You expect the expect the home side to come out with a bit of with a bit of oomph behind them, uh, a couple of set pieces, nothing, nothing too much to trouble the goal, though. Fair to say. And then uh, 30 minutes in, we open the scoring. It's a, it's a poor clearance, but Munro does really well. Gives it to Bainbridge, back to Carver. It's a nice one too. A little bit, little bit of fortune, a little bit of fortune to get it all the way through to Bainbridge. But it, it's the cracking finish to be fair into uh, the bottom left hand corner of the goal. It, it really is a good finish and. Um, a celebration to boot as well. Uh, there's quite a lot of our players now <laughs> are right over to the camera, uh, so fair play to them for doing that. They're getting some great shots. Uh, but yeah, it was, a, it was a really, really good, well-taken goal, and it gave us some to hang on to. That was the that was the most important part. After the goal, um, Spenny more arguably had their best uh, spell of the game. This is, I'm sure, a lot of people who saw the highlights. This is the one that really nicely. Well turned from their striker, hits the post. Probably the only time our defence is uh, is particularly breached all game, to be honest. And then they had another chance to Carberry with a cracking match, uh, last ditch challenge as well. So we go in up one uh, nil at half time. I don't think many people could have any, uh, have any complaints about that. Spain will possibly had a couple of chances, but we're, we're good value for the one nil. And then I'll be honest. Um, the second half was really nothing to write home about. It sort of seemed to pass the entire game, entire uh, entire crowd by, and, and the players as well. Southport fairly dangerous on counter attack, um, not really getting anything though um, on it. And then we defended well, nullified the threat of Spenny Moore's attack really well. To be honest, um, nothing really much else to say at the second half. It did not feel like at any point we were hanging on. Very similar to Kitty, to be fair, it didn't look like we were hanging on at all, which is really good. We we looked strong. We always looked like we were going to win the game after we went 1-0 up. Um, I feel like there might be some more controversial opinions on referees and stuff in the in the second pre, uh, the second game <laughs> review. So I know I know some people know I'm not 100% loving of National League referees and officials, it's fair to say. And I don't think I'm on the Christmas card list of any of them, to be honest. But I will give full plaudits to this referee. He was absolutely fantastic all night. He was really good. He, he got all the big decisions correct. Um, the red card is is a given. It's a second yellow. Arguably, if if his if his uh, boots any higher on uh, Watson uh, for the first challenge, it's a red card. It's a straight red, and he obviously says something to the uh, says something to the referee um, when there's a big penalty claim. Just wasn't the the spending more attacks to fall into the floor. Just trying to look for anything to get out of the game. But yeah, it's it's a great decision by the referee to send him off. And yeah, I know I know Gabe said all the from the northeast. It might be a bit tricky, but no, they, they were fantastic all night. So big plaudits to the referee there. Um, and yeah, what else is there to say? I did I did come prepared and write some notes, so you'll be happy to happy to know. Um, yeah, just a bit of added time. Um, Bainbridge sticking in the corner. Nice how to see a game out. We look like a side who can see a football match out now. Really can, really can. And then a uh, special mention to the Spenny Moore keeper as well. Um, he sent Hamami for a hot dog in the 95th minute. And uh, also uh, probably 
probably uh, is high contender for um, dive of the season as well. Uh, when Watson pressed him and he went down, yeah, I think a, a quick chant of yeah, you just for Tom Daly after that one. Um, but yeah, that was that was Spennymore. Had a great day. Nice few points from Durham. Good good bit of football. We got the three points. Everyone went over happy. Happy days. That, that, that's Spennymore. And, uh, I obviously didn't make the trip over to Spennymore. I was in the lakes. I decided to go and watch Kendall Town against Winsford for something to do. And I spent the game listening to the commentary. And to be honest, I just wanted to give credit to them because I thought the commentary was absolutely superb as well. Um, and, 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 and also... Yeah, and also to to be honest, even they they didn't criticise the sending off either. They they were quite accepting that if the referee had seen something that he was obviously right because, as you said, he clearly had a good game. Given that, I think it's fair to say historically, particularly at Spennymore, but in the northeast in general, I think we've um, experienced, shall we say, less than the rub of the green. Is it a controversial statement to say the referee was outstanding? But uh, but yeah, I mean, it it just makes a pleasant a pleasant change. I think we're right to say when when a referee is good, we give them praise for it. <laughs> yeah, but when they're not, when they're not, <laughs> you ruin the game. I think even I, I feel like though, I feel like Liam though said to that same referee after I think it was a game last season that he didn't want him again or something like that. I don't think it's the same referee, but I have a feeling it it might have been. I think it was after, was it after Curzon at home or something. Like that. Curzon rings a bell. I'm pretty sure Curzon got mentioned in the post-match. Uh, and he said, he said, "I never want that referee again. We don't want him again." But maybe he owed us one. So swings and roundabouts. <laughs> we're, 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 we're looking forward to northeast trips if all the northeast referees know one. I think they all do, to be honest. Yeah, I think the man of the match in the game was quite clear cut, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it went to Kwanzaa in the end, didn't it? I think I don't think that's controversial at all. I think he was really solid at the back. You could have probably give it. You could have probably given it to any of the defenders, really, or even Bainbridge, the one that scored. Um, I think I nominated Tony Mack for it, to be honest. Um, he just seemed to... He didn't really have much to do, but he seemed to just control the game really well, slowed it down when it needed to be, uh, and everything like that. And but yeah, say what you mean, Mike. He was time-wasting wonderfully. Um, <laughs> We'd never yeah, do that. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, we don't time. Where's he's professional? Take your time. Take your time. Game and management. I think you'll game find. Game management, yeah. Professional yeah. game management. I, I, I obviously wasn't there, but so the, so the only thing I, I can really say about the game is is that on paper, it, I, I, I hate playing Spenny more. They're one of those horrible teams. Uh, you, you know, not not directly. It's just one of those teams that, that, that they, they're always up for it and they're always tough. So to go up there on a Tuesday night and win, you know, whether, whether it be one goal or ten, I just think it's an outstanding result. So, from quite a positive result, we went to a game that was very... I don't know, it it, it, it was very strange game altogether, really. We lost 4-1 at home to Buxton in a game which I don't think we even deserve to lose as much as what we did. I think the result flattered Buxton. Um, I don't think any of us predicted that, unsurprisingly, really. Um, any The only lineup changes were Evans was back in for Chris Doyle and Marmy came in place of Monroe. And Jack Dole came in for Carberry at left-back. Um, anyone want to kick us off with the performance? It was a very strange game. Very strange afternoon in general. And, yeah. But Buxton was one of the weirdest performances I've, I've ever seen. Because it wasn't a 4-1 it wasn't a game. game. You know, you see that result again on paper. And, and you think we got tanked. We, we, we didn't. We didn't get tanked at all. I, I thought we were the better team for the majority of the game. I know there's going to be a lot of talk about the ref. 
the ref didn't lose the game for us. He he helped the useless plonker, but but he, <laughs> we didn't lose because of the ref. Um, I think we lost because we didn't take our chances. Mm. Really, I thought we created so much in that game. You know, I've, obviously stats are a bit difficult at this level, but we must have created. We must have had 10, 15 shots. You know, I don't think I'm exaggerating to say it's that many. And, and, and we didn't take enough of them. There were some great chances there that we didn't take. And if that game had finished for all, it, it, that, I think that would have been a fairer reflection. Um, we've all seen the replay. The, the goal that wasn't a goal definitely was a goal. Um, it, it was bizarre, you know. Um, and I, I was at the Jack Carr end, and I think there was, there was at least two fairly stonewall penalties I think there was a load of nonsense in the middle of the park. The, 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 the ref's performance, I think, has, has already been dissected to death. I don't think you'll find much disagreement here. Um, but it, it's a shame we didn't take more of our chances. There was some, there was, we, we had some really good opportunities that we didn't take, and I think that's, that's really why we lost the game. Uh, to, me, to me, the whole game changes on the disallowed goal, though. From, mm-hmm. it, that, that goal is allowed, that goal goes in. I don't, I don't think they go on to score, to be honest. I think it changed the entire... Uh, tempo of the game at that point yes we do we, we carried on we pressed we had a lot of chances but we were chasing the game from that point going forwards and and a lot of the obviously their first goal was a was a cracking shot you know but a lot of the, their goals came from us trying to push forward to chase the game um like you say, i say th- i think that that goal's allowed the whole there's a whole different whole different outcome i think even even their first goal like the there was a foul on carver on the halfway line, which he gave the other way, which led to their goal, which was just before half time, which essentially gave them that boost to go into half time one nil up, and think they could win the game. Where if it went in nil nil, it's a bit different. It's a bit more of a different sort of ball game for second half, but it, it, it's just it's annoying. Yeah, I mean the thing is, the, so he gave he gave Bainbridge a, a yellow card for that that situation just because he he uh, you know, argued against that the foul should have gone to our way. I mean. So I'm, I'm going to ask the question that, that seemingly no one's kind of uh, asking, but where's Cam Mason? What's going on with Cam Mason? Does anybody, obviously we can only speculate here. I think he's just but... trying to manage his, his injury. I think he's had a few a few tweaks, hasn't he, over the last few weeks. And I think he's trying to, I'm assuming he's trying to manage his fitness and just not throw him back in. And at the end of the day, to be fair to Tony Mack, uh, you know, even at his age, he's had three clean sheets out of four away from home, difficult games. I can't see a justifiable reason to drop him just because of that. Yeah, um, no, that wasn't a criticism of Tony McIntyre, no, no, by the way. Just, just a, it, 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 is, it is unusual that there has been no kind of discussions, even in kind of post-match uh, interviews or, or kind of, you know, previews, where, sort of talking about, you know, his, his potential return or what's, what's going on. My gut feeling is that he won't be far away. And I suspect that um, the... The results and the, what happened at the weekend will probably hasten that. Even though I don't, as you say, I don't think Tony Mack was particularly at fault. Maybe for one of the goals, but not to the point where I'd, I'd warrant dropping him after the performances he's made. I think what what we do need to stress, though, is as much as we're talking about the referee, I do think we need to give a bit of credit to Buxton because they defended really resolutely. I mean, they their defending was phenomenal. Because as, as Jay said, the number of chances we had where under. Any other game, any other day, we'd have been two or three ahead and out of sight. We weren't because of the way that they defended. And the goals that they scored were very well-taken goals. They caught us on the break constantly. They looked for their opportunities. They picked us off. Um, and and even I want to give credit to, to, to the manager as well. I mean, he was incredibly complimentary in the post-match interview and admitted himself that the, the, the scoreline 
massively flatters them. Uh, that it, they even basically said that they didn't really deserve to win the game, but did so. And obviously, they're happy to take the points. But they, you know, he was quite magnanimous with it. Um, so I think we do need to give them a bit of credit. You can afford to be magnanimous when you've just won four one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you can. But I think anybody that watched that game could genuinely say that. I mean, yes, you look at it and go, it's an awful result on paper, but you come away from it feeling like an injustice has been done rather than feeling like you've been tonked. I wasn't at the game, as we, we established earlier, um, so basically you can all blame me. But um... no, I blame the ref. I still blame the ref. Okay, fair enough. I escaped this week. I, I saw a few comments online, uh, and I just want to ask your thoughts on this about the style of play and saying that really when particularly once we went behind we were probably a little bit too direct and perhaps not panic but there was a, it was a little bit we didn't do what had actually been getting us into the ascendancy early on i don't know if any of you what your thoughts on you could, that you could possibly look at it that way i mean i think i think unfortunately and we saw this at gloucester we do have a tendency when things don't go our way in terms of decisions that we let it affect us and i think that's something that even liam's called out himself and we need to get better at and i suspect comes with naivety of young players um i didn't feel like we particularly changed after they scored because i felt like we were dominant anyway i thought we were we were quite gung-ho and we were quite attacking mm-hmm throughout the game. I think we perhaps became a little more desperate to score and maybe tried a bit too hard, perhaps. I, I, I thought we we approached the game in the right way, but I, I was speaking to one of the, the, the youth coaches at about 20, 25 minutes. I think we both thought at that point it had been a little flat. I mean, this is just before the goal. I can't remember exactly what time the goal was, but, but we thought at that point that we'd, we'd done okay but we hadn't done brilliantly. I actually thought that the, our best spell of the game came after we'd we'd already gone behind. Um, I thought we were fairly slow out of the traps, and and again we'd have the goal disallowed, and that probably that probably did have an effect. Um, there's the the characterization of of hoofball that that we play is is often I think a little unfair. Um, I thought we mixed the play up pretty well. I thought we did what we had to do, you know. Um, I think it became clear at 60, 70 minutes. I know someone did disagree with me on Portrait, but I thought it was pretty clear we probably weren't going to get a result. Um, I think we tried everything that we we could. Maybe we could sneak a goal or two, but, but by the end, I, I thought we were, we were well out of it by that point. But I thought the middle of the game... And um, just after halftime, I, I, I thought it was, was probably some of the best football I've seen us play this season. I think season. it probably was one of our best performances. Yeah. I think the second goal was what killed it, really, because I went, I went in, considering how we, we all felt like we, were, we weren't really getting the rubber to green when that second goal went in. It felt like the, the nail in the coffin, didn't it? Um, man of the match, uh, the media team man of the match was Jack Bainbridge. I thought he did play excellently. Uh, Port chat vote. Um, obviously, we put a poll up there. It was the um, referee. The referee was the man of the match. <laughs> Referees, referee votes of the referee were banned. So we're <laughs> Jack Bainbridge, again, Nick the Port chat vote just ahead of Keenan and Marcus, very, very close behind. There was only, I think there was only one vote in it in the end. So I think you, you couldn't really split it, but, but Jack got both of those. One thing we do with the Port Chapman of the match is, is we come up with a shortlist. We can't list every player. We come up with a shortlist. We found it difficult to come up with a shortlist because there were so many that were actually in with a shout for it. And even when we came up with a shortlist, some of those that got the votes weren't actually on our list, not because we didn't think they played particularly well, but actually we just there was too many to put in the list. So 
Uh, apologies to Keenan and to Marcus for not making the shortlist, but your, the votes for those players were counted. And as you can see, they were very, very close in the end in, in terms of getting it. But like I say, Jack picked it at the post. I, I think the, the match as a whole, I want, I want to say this about, I'm, I'm the one going on about the referee. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a little uncomfortable at the way referees often get criticised like throughout throughout the national game, right? I, I've done it. I hated it. I was terrible at it. Don't don't worry. I was I was a terrible referee. I, I did it for for all of like two months. I hated it. But it's it's a miserable, difficult job, and I, I'm I'm conscious that we 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 have a genuine referee shortage in the country. There's so many grassroots games going on without referees because they they get dogs abused for for nothing. And I think if if you didn't see that game, if if for anyone who didn't see the game, the it must be a little strange to see just how much the talk has been dominated about the referee. This was an extraordinarily bad performance, um, in, in my opinion. National League North referees aren't great. And now there's reasons for that. They're learning, they're on the way up, you know, they've not done it for very long, or, or they're you know, they're still in the early stages of refereeing, that's fine, right? But this this was extraordinarily bad, I think. You know, it, it was a it was a difficult afternoon. It, it did have an it did have an effect. Um, but I'm 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 conscious that you've you've still got to be careful about how you discuss referees, you know. I think I I'm gonna say something controversial, which um Certainly, a few people here will will find difficult to believe. Ref chat with no. I, I, I actually really think that the standard of refereeing at this level has improved massively over the last yeah. few years. I think if you go back five years, more or less every week was just a disaster class in how not to manage a game of football. Um, more often than not, now we're getting better and better officials, mm-hmm. um, and I think that actually has an effect, James. When you get a performance like this and it stands out even more um, because generally the officials are much better. Um, And that's down to the fact that they're being mentored better. The women had a game um, yesterday and it was a young referee, um, had a decent game, had a a decent game, managed the game well. um, And he was being assessed, he was being mentored. and, And I think the more of that that goes on early on, the stands are going to be better. And I think that is being reflected and means that the performances like we had on Saturday are, you know, more of an outlier, thankfully, um, than the norm that it used to be. I mean, at Uh, the end of the day, we're, you know, we're all, we are all human. Humans make mistakes. We all have, we all have bad performances, be it players on the pitch and, and, you know, or referees, Um, you know, at this level, we don't have the, we don't have the benefit of, of, you know, uh, control room full of additional assistance and, and VAR whether you agree with that being a good thing or not um but but this this performance um you know there were it was kind of beyond that kind of acceptable level of, of kind of just just a bit of error um if it was just a disallowed goal you know you could say well it's a bad call that and, and move on move on but it was the it, it was the, the you know the, the fouls going the wrong way quite blatantly the the, the stonewall penalty especially the that handball where I mean, I, I sit next to Radio Merseyside in the press box, and 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 you know Neil's not one to kind of could just uh, throw out kind of comments, you know, unless he really believes in it. I mean, he was he was convinced as like like I was that was a uh, yeah, handball. He clearly moved his hand towards the towards the ball. It was in an unnatural position, and so so it, you know all of those things put together made it very very frustrating. And I think the more 
um, that the crowd got onto that, got that, that kind of frustration filtered through the crowd. It, it, it kind of made, pushed him even further away from giving any kind of sympathetic calls uh, Southport's way. So it kind of just became a bit of a, a, a bit of a self, self-fulfilling prophecy type refereeing performance, if that, if that makes sense. And I guess I suppose it's, it's it, at this point we can't really escape um, briefly mentioning the, the the sponsors pick for man of the match, which was all of the the team. Um, as the kind of tannoy operator, that was a statement that I was I was given to read out um, by the by the sponsors and, and the club, and and that's how they how they felt about the the afternoon. It was it was extremely frustrating. Um, well, I think we need to just chalk it down to one of those days um, and look forward to uh, to the next one. I suppose the only the only disappointment is it's yet you know we're on a good we've been on a good run up into sick decent crowd decent atmosphere and the result and I, I, it, 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 it's a sad thing to say it just happens too many times and you just want to get on a bit of a roll at home did you, you get what I mean yeah but I I think game games like that are, are the it's the type of game that galvanizes a squad uh, you know it's the sort of game where you've you've all been. Uh, being a bit overly dramatic, you've been to hell and back and everything like that. They'll have bonded over that, and I think yeah, the that, world's against us. Yeah, I, I actually, that, I think that game will be a real platform to push on. You know, it's good to get a lot, get a loss out of the way. Fine, go on a run now, and I, I think they might. You know, say there, there was some really encouraging stuff in the middle of that game. Well, let's hope that the following game, the Chorley game, will be the validation performance, the one that you use to show that. When we play well, it, you know results do come. Let's fingers crossed, there. Um, Nick, I believe you got some news for us. Um, we've got some fixture changes, I believe. Uh, yes, um, we've actually just actually had some breaking news that uh, Gary Neville has stepped away from Salford City. I just seen that before we started, actually. Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. Um, who else is is he? Is it? Oh Nicky no, Wood? there's only the one billionaire left. What will he do? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> anyway, probably fill his time. <laughs> What's Peter Lim going to do with his other seven clubs? Tell <laughs> like, like, oh, never mind. Ignore me. Go on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Someone set cave loose. Um, right. Yes. Fixture changes. Let's let's go back to that. So um, we've got uh, had the FA C- uh, Trophy draw. Um, we're at home to Curzon Ashton on the 19th of November, 3pm kickoff. So that'll be he- seven home games on the run. Um, Let's pray for Rob Irwin. Other <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, news. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot of. The feature list is going to be in really big print for those seven games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, that, that, there's a lot of work that goes into putting those programs together, and that is that is a. Shall I, shall a I write another test. article about my? journeys to obscure southern non-league clubs no, we want people to buy the program no we want people to buy the love you yeah. um, in other news so uh kingsland drop points at gloucester um this is only six points separating second to 13th in the league so it is pretty tight it's you know really it's, tight, of, it's it? ridiculously tight um telford lost again so they're in danger of being cut adrift um it was the Chorley four, um, Farsley three. Um, so they they had a it was a high scoring match their last match. Also, we're going to come on to previewing our next match against them soon. Other news across 
football. Um, don't know if anyone's been following the situation at Bury, where um, the uh, AFC, the Phoenix Club, were um, their it's members were the voting. Phoenix Club. <laughs> <laughs> Well, off into paradise. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for like laughing over my serious news item. <laughs> Get back, you bastard! I'll break your legs. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> there was a vote between the existing supporters society, who are the owners of Gig Lane and have the intellectual property of Berry FC, and um, AFC Shakers, uh, the um, Phoenix Club. Um, as to whether they wanted to merge and all skip off happily into the sunset and play at Gig Lane again and everything would be wonderful in Bury. Obviously, they didn't vote for that because that would just be great and sensible idea. I mean, they overwhelmingly did vote for it in favour, but it didn't pass the legal threshold required to merge both societies. So that'll be worth watching to see what happens there going forwards. Um, there is some um, fireworks going on on Friday at the rugby club uh, on Waterloo Road. I'm going to mention that because we love the rugby club. They are uh, fantastic hosts. If you ever go down there, gates are opening from six on Friday. It's going to be very busy. It's always a great event. It's always well attended. So if you go and get down there early, fireworks from 7.45. They've got live music, bouncy castles, a barbecue, which I'd highly recommend, sweets and bar. Buy your tickets on the day. Um, family ticket for two adults and two under 13s is 20 quid or otherwise it's seven quid for adults oh. under 16s are six pounds um, under 13s four pounds under three is free uh, check out their uh, website though because I think they're cheaper if you buy them online what year were and they founded Dan? they were founded in 1872 what year do they say they were founded in? well they say they were founded in 1872 I know a bloke who's wrote a book about it well I was just I was just I was just getting a link of that so you can actually buy that it's the town's game it's available on Amazon <laughs> uh, by, I should hire you as yeah, my publicist by, by Daniel J Hayes um, never heard of him scary never looking bloke for Halloween I, I'll keep a picture of him <laughs> on the on the fireplace um, it's available in the club shop as well isn't it I think yeah it is mate yeah it's available in the club shop it's also available in the rugby club, club shop as well um, now onto the community teams. Noel, uh, I believe the women played yesterday at Marine. Yes, um, it's a League Cup game against uh, Marine. Um, basically, the way the League Cup works is it's um, four groups of five teams. Um, everyone plays everyone home and away, and then depending on where you finish, first, second, third, fourth, or fifth, you play all the other. Uh, teams which finish in the same place your group so say for example if we finish third we play the other third place teams in the semi-finals um and and there will be there's a cup for each level as it were so yeah um it was a the, the results on the face of it were um we lost four nil um but to give a bit of context um marine are the division above um it was a very tight game for 75 minutes it was only one nil um we had quite a number of players um, missing who would have been, as I say, more regular starters. Um, with it being the League Cup, anyone who had a little niggle just didn't rest. But it gave an opportunity for, for other players to get more game time. In particular, we had a, a debutant, Sky, um, who, who played at the back of first game for two years, did exceptionally well. Um, but yeah, um, they're a, a, very, a very good side, very direct, very aggressive um, on and off the pitch. Uh, and yeah, they they opened the score in the first half. It was a slightly fortuitous goal, um, scramble from the corner in off the uh, the side of the post. Um, it was, uh, Tamika, the goalkeeper, made some really good saves up till then. 
Um, and then second half, as I say, we were well in it until about 75 minutes. And then as it, it was a cup game, there's no goal difference. So he pushed a few more bodies up front and they picked us off on the break. So fair play to them. They deserved a win. Um, but it was good to try a few different things. Some worked, some didn't. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously we've played now the most two most difficult games, both away to Marine and away to FC St. Helens. So they're the two teams in the higher division. Um, there's ourselves and then two teams from the lower division, uh, Winnell Phoenix Reserves and um, Formby Community. So on, on paper, there certainly are two most difficult games that we've got out of the way. But um, last week, just, just to bring briefly on that, we actually had a really good result. Uh, won 1-0 away at McGull, who were then the league leaders. Um, um, just the, the only goal of the game came halfway through the first half. It was a, a spect- spectacular effort from Emma Bonner, her first... Uh, goal for the team um, and that sees us after four games only four league games we played quite a lot of cup games uh, including the really good win a couple of weeks ago against Morecambe who two divisions above in the Lancashire Cup um, so it sees us with nine points after four games which is pretty pleasing uh, it sees a second place in the league five points behind um, the current leaders MSB Wolston uh, but we do have um, a pleasing three games in hand. So, um, yeah, it's been a good solid start. Plenty of players um, got game time. We've got a good squad, some new players as well. Um, but other players are always welcome to, to join us this weekend. Back in league action again, uh, we make the trip to Alder uh, in Liverpool um, to play uh, their side. We played them at home a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago and and won a, a very competitive game 4-2 so he's hoping for another um, positive performance and a positive win there uh, yes yeah, so Noel uh, update on the community team with the yeah uh, despite the uh, shall we say slightly inclement weather at times uh, pretty much a full uh, a full round of games took place this weekend and well done to our uh, players of the week um, this, mo- uh, th- this time which were Ethan, Blake Lucas, Patrick Joel, Gabriel, James, Fraser, Joel, Alfie, Jacob, Leon, Toby, Sam, and Georgia. Um, some message, uh, a really outstanding performance under eight. Yellow against uh, Redgate, really good play there. Um, um, and a special mention to Andy Elise, under 11s, on a superb team of, uh, team performance. Another great performance from both of the under 7s uh, and the under 10s as well, playing some great football. Um, under 12s, Yellows had a had a difficult game, but a strong performance. Again, under 13s did well, um, uh, and some really really uh, excellent performances. Um, under 11s, Yellows, some particularly some really good goalkeeping by Ethan there. Um, so, but yeah, it's brilliant to see so many boys and girls and the women performing well on a on a week by week basis. Um, special mention to Marks under nines for being the flag bearers on Saturday against Buxton and I believe uh, one of our under eight teams are going to be the flag barriers this weekend hope they bring us a, a little bit more luck uh, we always welcome new uh, players um, if you, anyone uh, looking to get involved uh, new coaches as well anyone wants to get involved in that um, side of things please contact the club we also do have um, we are having some new teams that are going to be joining the team there's um, a couple of new teams that have moved over from a from another uh, club, which is sadly now defunct. And uh, we'll have more information about those in the coming weeks. 
Um, and just an update on the academy team, the Christ the King academy team, that is. Uh, there was no game last week as it was half-term, but their next game is on the 2nd of November at the JMO in Skemmersdale against Stockport County. Um, now, on to the lottery. Uh, Dan, I believe you've got an update on that, uh, the lottery yeah, run by I, the former Players Association. Absolutely. I think it's important that we, we continue to publicise this because, like I said in the past couple of episodes, 50% of all the, the proceeds from the lottery get split between the former Players Association and the community teams. So it's only a pound a week, uh, £25,000 top prize, £1,000 second prize, £250 third prize. If you want to join the lottery, go to the former Players Association website, southportfootballclub.co.uk, and there's links on the Port Chat forum as well. Okay, moving on. We host Chorley at home in our next league game on Saturday, the 5th of November. Um, so hopefully some fireworks in that one. Very good pun there, Dan. Hilarious. Um, believe we've met before, Dan? We have met them a lot. They're one of our most frequently played opponents. In fact, we've got so many links with our friends up the road that I, I barely know where to start, really. So um, if we look at just the first team, uh, we've played them 71 times. If we exclude the game in October 2020, which we still won 1-0, but the season was cancelled, therefore it doesn't count. Uh, 71 oh, games. Con- controversial. controversial. <laughs> 71 games, 33 wins, 17 draws, 21 defeats. But even our reserves, remember them? Uh, we've played them over 80 times as well. So uh, the very first time we played them was on the 29th of September, 1888, our fifth ever game. Note the year. Uh, we were obviously then known as Southport Central, and we won that one 6-0 at the sports ground on Sussex Road, which was our first ever ground. Uh, the interesting one on that one is that the visitor actually commented on there that the spectators get just as tired of witnessing a one-sided match even if their side are always winning, as they as they do if they see them continuously defeated. Uh, they basically didn't think that we picked anyone good to play, so they were having a moan about it. Um, obviously, if you want to know more about that game and our very first season, I know a good book to read. Um, <laughs> last time we met in March that year, we went uh, we were 2-1 down at Victory Park. Uh, goal came from Jordan Archer, which came in the eighth minute. And then for those who remember, we spent the rest of the game on the back foot, really. Charlie equalised after an hour, and then we conceded in the fifth minute of injury time, which was a killer. Uh, man of the match that day was Cam Mason, who may well be back on Saturday. Um, we've had so many players play for both clubs that I'd be here all night if I listed them. There's obviously some we need to mention. You know, Graham Barrow, Chris Sim, Chris Almond, Lee Trundle, Harvey Cunningham. I could go on and on and on. The one I really do want to mention, though, because I, I, I just don't know how to contact him, is Martin Clark. So if anyone has got any way of contacting Martin Clark, please get in touch. He's he's one person I just I can't trace, but he was such a legend at both clubs. I'd love to get hold of him. Um, it's probably easier, though, just to say who's in the current squads that we know. Um Manager is obviously Andy Priest. They've got Steve Drench as their number two goalkeeper and goalkeeper coach. They've got Matty Challoner. They've got Adam Blakeman, Reese Fenlon, who is on loan from Accrington. Uh, they've got Jack Sampson, who scored an overhead kick at the weekend. Uh, and they've even got Andy Owens on a dual registration from Macclesfield. Um, obviously, in our squad... Is he still in his shirt? Obviously, in our squad, we've got uh, Adam Anson and Marcus Carvey. who both had spells at Chorley too. Um most memorable game that against Chorley, or for, to me, probably in my first season watching Southport back in 93, I don't know if no one remembers this, but fresh off the back of beating Emily to lift the MPL, we went to Burnham Park, uh, the old home of yes. Bolton Wanderers in the Lancashire Cup. Uh, Peter Withers and Mark Brennan both got two each, and Ian Baines got the other one, and we won 5-2, which actually took us past, would you believe, 150 goals for the season. That was one hell of a season, that one. Um, finally, um, 
I want to say a quick thank you to Keith McIntosh, who works for Chorley's uh, Community Foundation and runs their Sports and Memories Network. Uh, for those who don't know what Sports and Memories is, they offer people living with dementia, depression, Alzheimer's or loneliness a welcoming social setting in which so they can reminisce about memories of sport. Well, for those who don't know, uh, our Alan Spence hasn't been so good lately. He's currently in a care home in Chorley and Keith has been doing a fantastic job keeping in touch with Alan and looking after him wherever he can. Now, he's one of our former players, not not theirs, so a massive thanks to him for that. I've sent over some scrapbooks and things for spending to look at and Keith keeps us up to date with how he's getting on. Um, another former Southport link that Keith looks after for us is someone that we should all be very thankful to but really doesn't get the credit he perhaps deserves and that's a guy called Colin Hall. Um, in January 1981, two brothers who ran a small group of businesses in Chorley, Colin and Derek Hall, stepped forward with an offer to save our club from, from liquidation uh, following spectacular mismanagement at the end of the 70s. Uh, the two of them stabilised the club to the detriment of their own businesses, sadly, before they handed over to Gary Culshaw in, in October 82. Uh, but what we later found out had happened is that Chorley's chairman, Jim Tolson, had actually put the two of them forward as front men in a bid to try and merge the two clubs together on the basis that he believed it would be the only way to get Chorley into the league. Um, now, the NPL put a stop to it, but the brothers stuck around anyway, um, officially taking over in July 81. There's still various people around at the club today who were involved at the time who know just how perilously close we came to not having a club at all. But Colin and his daughter are now regular attendees at Keith's Sporting Memories Group and Keith introduced into our current board the last time the two sides met. So huge thank you to me and the former Players Association for all the work that Keith does over at Chorley Community Foundation. I think he's doing an absolutely brilliant job. I'd never heard that story about um, that was really potentially being... Uh... Be merged together. That's a new oh, one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've, I've missed that a bit in, in the book. Or, or oh yeah, pick up Michael's book. It's <clears throat> in glory detail in that glorious detail. Um, James, what's the most memorable Chorley game that you've ever been to? Um, would it be the same one as I remember? Uh, like, cry about. It wouldn't be getting up at five in the morning to walk there, would it? <laughs> On Boxing Day, after um, yeah, all the excesses that Christmas involves yes um that was a hell of a walk um we walked for um i'll check this but i, I think we walked for the benefit of trusting yellow it was uh, half trusting yellow and i think half went to queen's court as well if i recall um I, I, and the the situation at the club was obviously a little frayed again was probably the the, <clears throat> the polite way of saying it um but hey we, we, we all met i think there was six of us uh, all made mm. it there and then i got to do Match day live. We turned up like five minutes before the game started. Got to do I think match you and day I live. Were the only ones who actually made it on time, James. Yeah. Everyone else was a little bit further down the hill. Then to top it off, it was nil nil. So um, you, you know, we did see a penalty going to orbit, if you recall. A fantastic. Oh, that was a yeah, fantastic day for the football <laughs> club. Um, I think I've I've been. I think I've, and there's another one. There's a photo of of uh, all of us pointing at um, the sign for some random accountants. Don't remember that. <laughs> Um, so, so down in the script, right? Down in the script after this, there's a there's a spot for me to talk about the form and opposition news and ones to watch. And the worst bit about this is that I always have to do this after Dan Hayes has fabulously researched, you know, preview everything. Yeah. Whereas, whereas I've basically got two tabs open and I'm hoping to sort of mumble through it. So, um, so you'll notice if you look at the league table that we are just above. Uh, Chorley by a singular point. Uh, obviously, we lost our most recent game. They won against 
with the magic of editing. They won against Farsley Celtic. So they've had a really sort of mixed season as well. Um, Andy Priest, as, as Dan has already mentioned, um, is manager there. Um, and what a what a time he had at Southport. Hey, we all we all look back on that on that with fondness and uh, fondness and love, don't we? The uh, memories will last a, last a lifetime. Um, so a really mixed. But I, I think everyone everyone knows what you're going to get with Chorley. You know, they're, 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 they're local to us. We've seen, each other's, we've seen each other play, you know, so many times. I think everyone knows what to expect. It's going to be a tough game. Um, but again, I think one that, one that we can win. And that's Absolutely. it. <laughs> I completely agree. They're always, they're always a very physical side. They're always a very, um, you know, they're always a, a very hot, sort of hungry side. And it's always been, I think every time I've watched us play, Charlie, it's always been a tough game. Um, my favourite game, personally, was the Carver overhead kick, which I'll never stop talking about for the rest of my life, because the best goal I'll have ever seen, and I still can't believe it happened at Haygarth, but it did. So there we go. If you look at the squad, there there isn't a huge. There's there's quite a lot of quality if you look at the starting eleven, but beyond that, there isn't a great deal of depth, and you just wonder if that will affect them in the end throughout the season, because you look at the sort of that. The, they're sort of 10, 11, 12, you know, pretty solid, good players at this level. They haven't got a great deal beyond that. And you just wonder if that will end up... Because there's a hell of a lot of games, as we've, you know, we've all talked about this season. You wonder if that's going to cost them, potentially. And hopefully it will on Saturday. Well, yeah, just, just to preview um, the game on Saturday. Um, tickets, obviously, you can buy online, which is obviously preferred. All the club shop will be open if you want to go into the club shop. Buy a ticket, buy some merchandise as well. Um, adults are £15, and if you want to go in the terrace, it's 13 50 but obviously seating's fi- seated seats are £15. Uh, concessions are 11 in the stand and 10 in the terrace, and juniors are £6 in the, gra- in the main stand and £5 on the, in the jack car and the popular terrace. Under-12s are free, we're paying adult. Um, I believe Chorley are bringing a coach, um, but you can, you know, there is street parking if you are driving, which isn't too far away usually. You know, you can get on like off Everard or you know off one of these cul-de-sacs here there. Um, programs uh, three pound if you want one printed, uh, and I believe you can get a PDF program. And I, I didn't even know about this because I'm a new season ticket holder. I'm not a member, but there are two pound if you want them sent electronically to yourself. And um, the food we all know about Lord's Deli. We all can't stop singing Lord's Deli's praise because it's the best match day food in this league by an absolute mile um, and just a note that if you are wishing to do hospitality and you are a season ticket holder you can upgrade to hospitality for £30 you get a two course meal before the match printed programme and printed team sheet best seats on the house on the halfway line and the stand you get half time tea and coffee and you get to see the man of the match presentation after the game and also you don't have to sit in the bar with me having a pint you can sit in your own separate room which is always I mean, always worth 30 quid I'd encourage people as well to have a look at hospitality particularly with a run of seven games coming up I know how difficult it is to try and get money out of businesses at the moment Steve's got quite a job on his hands to try and fill that hospitality lounge and I dare say he would welcome any supporters who want to to have to sample the finest that Southport can offer I mean, even even because it's we're coming up to the po- you know the part of the year where it's work Christmas party time, whether you know your your business wanted to book in um, at Hey Gav, that you'd be more than welcome to get a table. Um, I believe there's also a happy hour if you are not doing corporate in the bar, twelve till two, like it was last week. Buy one get one free on all draft. And um, so 
uh, we always ask what our predictions are for the next game. I'll start with you now. What do we think the score is going to be on Saturday against Chorley? I think we're going to see a positive reaction. I think yeah. we're going to see a positive reaction. I think we're going to see a good performance. It's not going to be... Um, an absolute goal fest, I don't think, despite uh, what happened with Chorley at, um, against Farsley. I am going to go for Southport 2, Chorley 1, and I'm going to go for goals from Niall Watson and Marcus Carver for Southport, and depressingly, predictably, Jack Sampson for Chorley. <laughs> you can always predict that one. Mike, what do you reckon? Um, I'm afraid I'm going to completely disagree. I think we will have a goal fest on Saturday. It'll be a classic game because I'm not there, typically. Um, I'm, I'm going to go bold again, which was a bit iffy after the Buxton game. Uh, that 6-2 prediction, which I got horrendously wrong. I'm going to go all square, um, free all. Yeah. And finally, Dan, what are you going for? Uh, I'm going to mirror Noel as well. I'm going to say 2-1 to Southport. I will also say 2-1 because I'm going to stick because... Yeah, I, I can see us. I can see us conceding early doors, but I think we'll come back into the game, uh, and I think we'll have goals from uh, Josh Amami, and I'm going to go a header from Adam Adam Anson off a corner. I I just like to say in closing, by the way, just before we do leave, um, I did get Southport promoted on Football Manager 23, so. You know, go me. Well, well done. done. I'd like Incredible. I'd like some adulation and congratulations off everyone. So thank you. Portchat will be happy with that. Yeah, thanks. I for one am thrilled with the amount of time that you've spent on that project. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's... on that bombshell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> all that remains for me is to wish you all a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening. And next week we'll have the all of the fallouts. Hopefully not the violent fallout uh, from Southport against Chorley. And we'll be looking forward to, I say yes, looking forward to the visits of Brackley Town and Farsley Celtic, those wonderful northern hotspots. So from Dan, Dan, Nick, James and Mike, it's time to bid you adieu. Take care, stay safe and come on you yellows. That is the best outro I've ever had in my life. That was brilliant. That was, that was amazing. Can you host every week? One take, Warren. One take, Warren. <laughs> That's all over my intro, love. That absolutely <laughs> all over it.